0: Shayna, I want you to be my goalie coach and just come up to me and go, wake the fuck up. I'll be like, okay.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I would be fired right. in a minute. You know how, like, every coach, hockey culture is bad. I feel like I wouldn't want to contribute to it, and I would say something wrong People talking to an asshole. I-
2: Hey, everybody, welcome back to Too Many Men. This is Allison Lucan, and I am once again joined by my intrepid colleagues, both of whom are braving the early morning hours to bring you the latest hockey news. We start with the mama of our newest TMM star, Rangoon, who is just taking over the airwaves and the video streams. Sarah Sivian, how are you this morning?
0: Yeah, I'm great. Um, Rangoon woke me up early, then I went back to bed, and then I woke up and she was on my face, and it was five minutes late. So (laughs) here we are, though. We made it to the pod. Woo-woo!
2: And of course, up not just for too many men, but for her beloved other sport, because this woman can contain knowledge about pretty much everything in the
1: world, Shayna Goldman. Shayna, say hi. Hi. it's a big day it's a big day why Why you're the big tennis fan now what's today
2: Uh, serena returns to the court after injury it's very exciting
1: hell yeah how'd i do was that good that was great are you gonna watch no
2: i know i have i unfortunately have commitments today so i cannot watch it's
1: fine just wait till we're in montreal and you get in from your flight and i'm gonna escape whatever crap i have to do and be like let's go to a bar we're watching tennis is there gonna be tennis then it's wimbledon baby okay are we going to eat strawberries and cream? I'll eat whatever the fuck you want. We're watching tennis. I don't give a
2: shit. Wow. All right. So, anyway, this is a <laughs> hockey podcast, or so they tell us. <laughs> and all three of us uh, last episode said we believed that Tampa was not done. And Tampa proved us right. Coming back at home for a statement win. Chasing Darcy Kemper from the net. 6-2, Tampa (coughs) Bay takes game three. It's now officially a series, as the people like to say. Colorado still has a 2-1 series lead. Um, But there was a lot that happened here. Uh, Nikita Kucherov leaves the game for injury. Nick Paul left for injury. Mentioned chasing Darcy Kemper, a goaltending change for Colorado. No even strength goals for Colorado. And Nathan McKinnon has been very, very quiet in terms of getting on the score sheet. Of all of the things that happened in Game 3 that led to that victory, Sarah, what stood out to you about what Tampa did, or is it what Colorado didn't do to give Tampa Bay their first win of the final?
0: I have to go with... I mean, John Cooper keeping Vasilevsky in game two, despite seven goals allowed, and then he comes back for 37 saves. I mean, he wasn't perfect, but he looked more like himself. And that is gonna be crucial if Tampa Bay wants to win. I I thought every, it was like, I was on this last night for the athletic and they kind of had me pick a star of the game. And it was like shockingly hard to pick a star. I mean, I went with Vasilevsky. I thought Stamkos was pretty good.
2: Shayna, what stood out to you about this game that led to the victory?
1: I was impressed by Tampa until the third period. And I don't even want to say I wasn't impressed with Tampa in the third. I was more impressed with Colorado in the third. But I just think it was impressive that Vasilevsky kept Colorado off the score sheet through two periods. And, like... I feel like Colorado's such a tough team to adjust to because you can try and be like, hey, we're going to step up on them a little bit more. But, like, you could easily put yourself out of position because they're so fast. But I thought Tampa played a really good game in the first two periods and they actually generated offense for, like, the first time in the series at 5-on-5. So, I mean, credit to them for adjusting and now, like, to be super cliche, it's like it's a game of chess. Now Cooper made his adjustments. What's Bednar going to do? And normally I roll my eyes at that shit, but in this case I'm like, no, 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 I do want to see what what Bednar is going to do. Like, I want to see how he responds to how Cooper and the Lightning responded because I think that they're both very smart coaches and they apparently aren't Jack Adams worthy. So, you know, what they do is inconsequential. It's all about the players.
0: But we're burying burying the lead here because nobody has scored a 5-on-5 goal at Tampa except the Leafs. So they should. Well,
2: I mean, thank God. (laughs) (laughs) Thank God we're there. (laughs) But in all seriousness, Sarah, I was going to ask you about that. You know, Shane and I were talking before we started the show here today that, you know, Tampa Bay's penalty kill has been pretty good this season. Is it more impressive that Colorado does break through and get those power play goals or that they could not score five on five or even strength?
0: Yeah. Good question. I mean, it's so like this was Colorado's most lopsided loss of the entire playoffs, I think. So I'm not really willing to like, I don't know. They were due for a loss, I feel. And it's the Tampa Bay Lightning. So I I feel like I'm going to give them a little credit. I'm going to give Tampa Bay credit for kind of thwarting the abs, but it wasn't their best game. They're going to need to play better in game four.
2: Shayna, what do you make of the no even – you know, not everyone can be Toronto, obviously.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You know, like, (laughs) I think Tampa has a good penalty kill, but, like, their strategies are kind of interesting because they don't want to be the most aggressive, Mm. but they want to be smart with when they are aggressive. Mm. And that's to stop the east-west pass, and we know Colorado is one of the best at making it, so – it's just, it Tampa, like, straight up is losing this special teams battle, like, by a mile in this uh, series. Their power play, like, they had one good opportunity in game one really early in the game. Like, they were moving the puck well, they didn't score. And after that, it's been a disaster. So the fact that, like, their penalty kill isn't where they need it to be is a little concerning. Like, you need both. Um, and, like, I know the Lightning coaches view it because I did a story with Joe Smith on it. And they were saying, like, you can try to win without your power play, but you really can't without your penalty kill. Like, you need that. And against Colorado, like, you really do need that unless you're going to be much better at five-on-five. And, like, they were to a point. So I think Colorado just has that good of a power play, but I think the Lightning's penalty kill could be better.
2: Do you, Shana, what do you make of, you know, obviously with Tampa being at home, they get that last change. And so they changed up the matchups against the McKinnon line. And I already mentioned, you know, he is in terms of box score, been very quiet. Does McKinnon need to do more, or is he doing all the right things and just not getting the hashtag points, which is apparently all that matters to the hockey men?
1: No, he's still doing the right thing. And like Last night, he got Sorelli, which is what we knew was going to happen. In game one, he got Sorelli for a bit. He won the matchup, but it was only, like, I think, four minutes. Game two, he really didn't see much of Sorelli, and then Back on home ice for Tampa, we knew that was the matchup McKinnon was going to get, and it was for 11 and a half, 5-on-5 five five minutes. In those minutes, Colorado was the better team in terms of shots, scoring chances, everything you want, but Tampa had a one nothing goal advantage. And, like, was it the most intentional goal from Sorelli? Was it the accidental Kucherov, like an accidental tangle? Who knows? An it accidental was tangle. <laughs> Dangle. Dangle. Dangle.
0: Accidangle.
1: Axe-dangle. <laughs> um,
0: it's so true that he got Cirelli, though, and you could see that on the power play because he looked so good on the power play to me, McKinnon did. I, I thought his entry on, was it Palat's goal? I, I forget, but I, he just stood out so much on that play for one of the power play goals, and it's like, okay, he it was the matchup game for sure with McKinnon.
2: What about the injury? Well, let's go back. Let's go here first. There were a couple kind of cont- Well, people trying to make some controversial things. The first was the amount of time that John Cooper was given to challenge the opening goal, right? And then the second was the hit that ultimately ends up taking Kucher off out of the game. And, you know, John Cooper was kind of like, we all saw it. We all saw what happened, kind of intimating that it wasn't a great play um, with the stick. And then on the Cooper goal, it was Bednar who came back with a little bit of, of saltiness saying, you know, that was a long, long time for Cooper to be able to call the offside challenge. Sarah, do either of those things ultimately matter? Do you, what do you, are, they, are they significant events? Are they being overhyped? Or how much did they impact what ended up happening last night?
0: It's overhyped. We've seen these two teams play. We've seen that these are the two best teams in the league and they're in the cup final for a reason. And they need to be able to rise above any adversity, like, things like that. Obviously, when the stakes are high, you're going to complain about things more, but, but I do think it ultimately had not much to do with the results of the game.
2: Shana, did you like the hit on Kucherov? What's your take? I know you posted the moving picture last night.
0: <laughs> um, I didn't like
1: either of those things. Mm. Like, I didn't like, I didn't like how long Cooper got to challenge, and I don't think it ultimately matters, but, like, the puck drops... That's the rule. And I did understand, he said, I feel like we shouldn't have to challenge black and white plays, but like, not for nothing, if it's a black and white play, you can challenge it and there's no repercussions for you if you're right. And if it's that black and white, you should be right. It should be a slam dunk. And also, we know that offside challenges in the postseason have carried over the efficiency from the regular season. It's goalie interference. If you want to complain, if it was a goalie interference when he's saying it's black and white, he didn't want to challenge it because there's a risk. I understand that. And I think there's a full discussion there. But like... Coaches are, I think, three and one on offside challenges now in the playoffs, and Cooper's two and zero. So, it wasn't. He should have just made the challenge. Um, the Kucherov crush. Check, did I like it? No. Was it a little like? Did I think that was going to be the result that he was going to get hurt from it? You you really never know. Right. But like, he did have a hit on Manson before that. That was not great. I did not get a moving picture of that because I had technical difficulties. Um, personally, love when my feed freezes just when I want the moment, and it's like you're clipping it, and it's just like not happening. Um, and if I remember right, Kucherov like cross-checked tapes right before that too. So it was kind of like if you play that style, you can't be surprised someone gets back at you. But do you want to see him injured? Absolutely not. What do you think?
2: Yeah, I mean, because you know, you see the play, and it's it is so weird because it was one of those where I'm with. At first, I was like. It's not one of those where immediately you go, ooh, you know, right? Like, the player's going to be out. So I didn't – now the, the question becomes, can he play next game, right? Then it becomes a bigger deal. The worth. But I, the hit – I mean, I was kind of surprised it was Devontae's, honestly. But here we are. Um, what if Kucherov can't play next game? The injuries are mounting up. And, again, you know, we've talked about both teams – do they have depth? Do they not have depth? But keep me honest here, guys. Let's see. As of right now, Colorado is without Andre Burakovsky and Nazim Kadri. Tampa Bay could be without Nick Paul and Sam Gerard. Thank you. And Sam Gerard. Thank you. And then Tampa Bay is last game without Braden Point. They could be without Nick Paul and Nikita Kucherov. Sarah, when the injuries start to mount like this, those are not inconsequential players. What do you think, who, which team is going to struggle more if the injuries that we currently had this past game roll over into game four? At
0: Tampa, I mean, Kucherov's a beast and he has been so great these playoffs that I'm kind of like reconsidering where I put him in my rankings of current great players, I think he's moved up a few pegs for me. Maybe I just need to be paying more attention, but he needs to be in those conversations. So, I mean, they're already down in the series and losing one of their best, if not their best, players is going to be really hard.
2: Shayna, who struggles more if these injuries sustain through Game 4?
1: Um, Tampa. Like, if you're without two game breakers in Point and Kutrov That's massive, even if Point is not at game-breaker status when he's, like, healthy in the lineup. Like, Kucherov didn't have the best early rounds, but he really picked it up, I think, in the Eastern Conference Final and now. And he's making difference-making plays. And even if he doesn't have his best game, we talk about elite players all the time, two seconds in a game, and, oh, game's turned on his head because they did something ridiculous. So I think that would be pretty crushing. And Nick Paul is... Such a good utility player, yeah. and has been so reliable for Tampa throughout that losing one or both of them, I think, is um, pretty backbreaking against a team as good as Colorado. That's what, yeah. That, that's where my head goes. That's what. What do have. you think? <laughs> yeah, I'm like I had another thought, and then it escaped, and I was like, we're just done with it. We're not finding it. <laughs> <laughs> it's early Hello. for you. Sure. Right, it's, early. it's
0: early.
2: It's <laughs> early. No, I mean. I, I actually worry more about Colorado because it is the offensive five. I mean, Nazim Kadri, I think, is such a big part of this team. Um, I'm really curious if he can come back because it's interesting how quiet they were. And this is where I wanted to go with you guys offensively. And Shane already mentioned this. It wasn't until the third period when Colorado's offense really got going. And if we go to our great friends at Natural Statric, In the third period, at even strength, the Lightning had just 8% of all shot attempts and 8% of all shot quality. I mean, it was a dominating final 20 minutes from Colorado, and they still couldn't battle back completely. Now, they had a big hill to climb, of course. But is this because Colorado's game wasn't on, or did Vasilevsky return to form like you already mentioned, Sarah, after kind of being shelled in game two. Who do you give more credit to um, or lack of credit to for that third period with Colorado not being able to to truly battle back?
0: I give credit to Tampa Bay for that, for getting up. Like, it's just so crucial to get up early. They had their first lead of the whole series after the first period. So I, I do think Well, we talk about, like, what is consequential. I think Cooper's call um, to overturn that goal in the first was consequential. But – I mean, I don't think the length of how long it took was, mattered that much, but, but I think it was very, very important for them to be up after the first period because um, either of these teams just have that ability to turn it on whenever. So it was kind of a lot of garbage time in this game, like if you actually think about it. So there was, not, there was just not enough there to come back in the third.
2: Shayna, how did you view the final 20 minutes of play?
1: Yeah, like, I think it's more than just, like, oh, score effects. Like, But I do think Tampa, when they have a lead, especially like that, they just try to shut it down. Like, that's that's their game. Even if their lead is not as big as that, we saw it. Like, they don't make any risky passes. Everything, like, the third period, if they get to the third period, they have a lead, or last ten minutes of a game, you see Tampa try to change it. And I just think against... Colorado. That's not the strategy I'd take. I don't care if it worked against every single opponent to this point. I don't think you can against Colorado, and yeah, like shot attempts at five and five are what twenty-two to two. Scoring chances are like twenty-one to one. Like that's a really good push from Colorado to get some life back in them, and I think it leads into the next game well. But it was a little too late, like the great JoJo once said. And
0: (laughs) the great JoJo.
1: And um. Vasilevsky was on his game. I think Jesse Comfer's brother could have easily had a goal or two there. There was the one save. The, it was the second save. It was the second chance that uh, Comfer got, and Vasilevsky somehow gets his skate on it, and you're just like, my God, you're incredible. Like He is so flexible, and he, take, he can cover so much of the net because he's so tall, but the saves he makes are just outstanding sometimes, and I think that was a big difference maker because had Colorado – broken through at five on five with one of those chances I think the game's a little different like in most cases I'd be like yeah but Colorado it's like hello best team in the league
2: were there any players that stood out to you that maybe aren't these big narrative guys that we've talked about I have to tell you that pass by Steven Stamkos on the Palat goal incredible gorgeous incredible and You know, obviously he too is listening to too many men and heard our inspo from climbing the steps at Red Rocks. Um, But, you know, he really is not in a super flashy way, but he really is showing to me just such quality play throughout this entire playoffs. Are there any other players that stood out to you guys um, Sarah, we'll go with you first that we haven't already talked about, but you know, aside from we talk about Makar, we talk about McKinnon, we talk about the goaltenders, but is there anyone else who's drawing your attention that isn't getting enough play?
0: Not really. <laughs> I feel like the big players are being the big players. I mean, I guess Pilat, I would, I mean, he's getting attention, but I, I, maybe he's surprising me and I'm thinking about um, Nishkinen and Pilat and they like the impacts they've had these playoffs and, I mean, Sorelli, like, I just feel like we've talked about everybody. Um, Shana, is there anybody I'm missing?
1: Uh, Andre Pilat. Yeah. I think he's such a good player. He's going to get paid this summer. It's it's so funny. On both sides of the lineup, you see, like, two similar players, those top-line caliber facilitators and Pilat and Nesuchin, you're like, they're both going to get paid. Exactly. Um that that play with Stamkos was gorgeous. He has such chemistry with Stamkos, and he does with Kucherov, too. And I think, like, that's a duo that in the playoffs are they're just incredible. Like, I Palat's scoring, like, when you look at his regular season scoring rate and then you compare it to postseason, it's like, you know, like a full point per 60 difference. You're like, oh, okay. I don't know what it is that he just comes alive, and I think that's great. And um, Russ Colton, that pass that he had the assist – also gorgeous. He like does not shy away from big moments. We saw it last year at the Stanley Cup clinching goal and whatever, but and whatever. Yeah, he, he was really good. Whatever. He just Thanks won the Stanley Cup. It's no big deal. <laughs> you know, all things like that. Who Among Us doesn't do it? Um no, he impressed me a lot. I think it's I think Pilat and Colton were two standouts for me. And I thought Nick Paul when he scored after he got hurt, I was like I literally, like, I thought Steven Stamkos in the bubble. Like, yep. is that your Steven Stamkos moment? You hop over the boards once more, you score a goal, and then you're like, I'm fucking done. I'm done. I can't go back out there. But apparently he didn't. He's fine. So, sure. There you go. Well, we
2: uh, also must talk about goaltending. Um, you know, we talked after game two, and Sarah already mentioned it, about how Andre Vasileski was left in net um, through that route by Colorado. Um, Out in Denver and then here we come to Tampa and Darcy Kemper does get pulled Fransu's who I always mispronounce the name but put the wrong C or the SI we all know who I'm speaking about right is Put in in replacement your thoughts on the decision to pull the goaltender and what does this tell you about the state of the Avs play in that Sarah
0: Yeah, I mean, Kemper honestly just wasn't that good, and he hasn't been as good as he was in the regular season this playoffs, and then he has an inopportune injury, and Francois comes in, and he plays really well. Like, he was 6-0 before, not that win and loss really matters for goalies, but it kind of does, like, for the confidence of the team around him. So it's different where Vasilevsky's that number one guy and nobody else is in even questioning coming to – Tampa's net but Franco had, had stepped up in an unfortunate situation and really made a case for himself so I think you got to use that option um, especially when it, uh, Kemper had like two bad goals I thought there were there were two he'd probably want back and and Rangoon is ready to weigh in on this Rangoon behave yourself. Um, I <laughs> I'm curious to see what's going to happen with Game 4. I don't know who's going to be the starter. Um, I don't know. Shayna, what do you think?
1: I don't know who should be the starter. Like, I feel bad for Darcy Kemper because he gets so much... Sh- what? Controversy. Who should be the starter? Yes, so much Shana controversy. Shayna Goldman who's is starter. unsure. I'm unsure. Because, like, the thing is, Darcy Kemper keeps getting a lot of shit that it's like, oh, well, this is what happens when you have Darcy Kemper in net, And I feel like that's so rude to his regular season and i i wonder if so this rude. like we don't it's rude is this his <laughs> is it something about the playoffs is it the eye injury who knows yeah. he's had four quality starts this whole postseason and just meaning he gave his team a chance to win they're not that great though i mean it's like just saving like little increments above expected it's not like he saved a goal this is he's stealing with. He hasn't had a single game like that, like he did in the regular season. So I think that makes everything a lot tougher. I think it was the right decision to get Francis in net, though, because he hasn't, he's played a bit this postseason, but like it gives you more options for the next game. You don't have to worry about throwing in a cold goalie. Like at least he got a little bit of playing time. And a friend of the pod, Peter Ball, last night we were texting about um, the goalie situation. And he was like, you know, Francis does play two more games and he wins both. Like if he can win two games. Each goalie's won eight games this postseason, and that's pretty cool. And I'm like, you know what? I do like that. Like, that's something I didn't think about because you never see that, like, true tandem effort. And, like, it wasn't intentional. It's injury-based and partially performance-based. It's a little of each. But, yeah, it, it was not Kemper's night. And... He didn't look great in the first two games either. He came away with the shutout in game two, and that's great and wonderful. But, like, we know he wasn't tested. So I think it just shows how important it is for Tampa to create offense to see what they can get past him because he's not having nearly as strong of a postseason as he should. And that's why there's an actual question on what to do next game. Like, neither goalie's that spectacular. Like Sarah said, this is not Vasilevsky versus the other guy, whoever it may be at the time. Sorry, Brian Elliott. It's just, you know... It's just a general thing of his career, but, like, I, I, don't, I don't know what the right decision is, but I think the fact that Francis got playing time, I'm like, okay, that's that's something, you know, right there. You have that option that maybe you would have been a little more hesitant to go towards.
0: Yeah, he's pretty good after that immediate um, Corey Perry goal.
1: Yeah, which was fluky, honestly.
2: I mean... Yeah. But yo, know, I'm with you, Sarah. I did not. I I did not like a couple of those goals on Kemper. The one where he didn't seal the post was that the third or the fourth, when he didn't seal the post, and it was, the uh, fourth, but was yeah. it the fourth? Like, I, and it's who would you start, Sarah? Do you go with Frank Suze or do you go back to Kemper, if you're if you're the head coach, if you're Jared Bednar?
0: This is why. This is the only reason why I'm not an NHL coach, (laughs) because I do not – this stresses me out. I I think, ah, like, gun to my head, I want to go with Frank Hoos, because I'm just like – he has given them a chance to win throughout these playoffs, and you're still in a position where you're up in the series, so if they lose, okay, just go back to Kemper. You have to be – like, I'm like, oh, I feel bad for Kemper, but you have to be professional at this point in the Stanley Cup final, so –
1: Shayna, get over it. (laughs) Who's your pick? (laughs) Just get over it. I think I go back to Kemper, but I mean on the world's shortest leash. This is not like Mike Smith. Let him go in, and if he allows three goals, then we'll switch. Like no, like if he has a shaky first period, I don't even care if he doesn't allow a goal. If he does not look sharp, you make the change. Like you talk to Francis on the side, and you're like, "Be ready, be prepared. Have it in your mind that you're coming into this game. Like I don't know how you prepare a goalie mentally, but like I would be like." be on your toes because it's kind of like testing. I think it's better to start Kemper. And if he struggles, you try to swing momentum by changing, you know, the goalie because it does have an impact on the team in front of him. Like, okay, we need to wake the fuck up. And maybe that helped Colorado last night. So I think that's the only reason I start Kemper. Like, give him one more chance. We do know he can be the better goalie in the regular season, even though he doesn't, he hasn't earned it as much this postseason See what happens. And if he allows a goal, look shaky, anything, make a quick swap. But if Sheena, you make I want
0: it, you to be my goalie coach and just come up to me and go, wake the fuck up. I'll be like,
1: okay. I'd be fired okay. in a minute. You know how, like, every coach, hockey culture is bad. I feel like I wouldn't want to contribute <laughs> to it and I would say something wrong because I'm an asshole and be so insensitive. Like, wake the fuck up. Get ready. And someone could easily be like, you get a net." Like, I don't think I – I am not allowed to talk about goalies until someone forces me to get in net, face <laughs> a couple of shots, completely fuck up, and then they can just be like, "No."
2: Shayna, though, don't I mean? I get what you're saying, but if let's say he lets in one bad one, right, and you immediately change goalie. Yeah, I hear you, but then like then this series is done for him. Like you, if you pull him yeah. that quick, like he's done. You can't go back to him at all.
1: Yeah, this is true. This is why I'm not a goalie coach.
0: <laughs> it's not – it's, like, not a great w- decision either. It feels like a huge decision to make and none of the options, like, there's such a risk involved with both options.
1: Yeah. Do you know why we need – do you know what would give us more options? I want to see teams change goalies more than once in a game. I want to see, like – Yes. Like, I think the Edmonton series was actually a good example of this. Like, there was a game where they pulled – when they allowed three goals, if I remember correctly, against Colorado – they didn't pull Mike Smith they had a timeout and then they waited for him to allow that fourth or fifth goal who the fuck knows (laughs) the Koskinen to come out I wouldn't have used my timeout I would have pulled Mike Smith right there and been like cool off you're going back in in the second unless Koskinen literally stood on his head which we know he didn't um I would have been like this is your timeout (laughs) like not like even like in a scolding way like take a timeout Take a breather, reset Uh for a second, and then go back in. And someone smarter than me might be like, well, you're, you know, putting goalies out of risk for injury. But, like, I would be so curious if they pulled Kemper last night, went with Francis, and then at the end were like, okay, you're going back in to Kemper to, like – I don't think last night was, like, the most appropriate circumstance for that. But, like, if – I would be curious if that could happen in another game where you go Franzos, he struggles, go Kemper, go back to Franzos. I think that's messier. We have to start with Kemper and need the th- If Shane is your head
2: coach, Can do everyone you have more needs- line changes or goaltender changes?
1: This is what we want to know. Who cares? Everybody's heads Let's on, get wild. on this team. Get wild. Keep everyone on their toes. Nobody's safe. I need more goalie rotations. Nobody's I need safe. goalies going to the penalty boxes when they take penalties. Oh, I'm here for that, 100%. Three. Absolutely. Oh, my – you should get the option. Like, do you want – you can choose your goalie goes in the box for two minutes. If not, it's your skater, but you're going to get an extra minute tacked on or something like that. Like, and now you're actually down even more players. Like, I need chaos. Or the best one, if you score the shorthanded goal, you effectively kill off. The penalty kill, yeah. I know. Uh, Like – that's the one that I need the most, but we need more chaos with goalies. The most chaotic position. Like, let's go.
0: Shayna's goalies are gonna be putting writing smiley faces on their gloves, like Mitch Marner and Toronto.
1: <laughs> I believe I in remember. myself. You do a good job. <laughs> <laughs> My affirmations. I'll serve skittles on the bench or something. You know how like we always hear about like the snacks yes. like backup goalies have, and like hot dogs and skittles and things. Like I'm just gonna have little skittle containers on the bench, but they need like some sort of like equipment that it's easy to scoop it up while you have your glove. Oh my god! like maybe we have like a little shovel in it maybe it presses a button and it disperses like i don't know the makers of skills
2: <laughs> okay so yeah this is what happens when we wake shane up too early <laughs> <laughs> sleep, all right well this was certainly an interesting game three um we are going to be with you live for a game for watch um, and details of that are to come. But let's, let's go now quick. Sarah, who wins game four? What's your pick right now?
0: The home ice has been so slanted throughout these playoffs. I feel like well, I said abs in seven to begin with. So I'm saying Tampa wins it again at home.
1: Shana, who's your pick? Colorado. Interesting. I'm going Colorado, Tampa, then Colorado. Sticking did I say six originally, or Hold am on. I making that up?
2: Oh, look, I heard you say this on on another pod. You had, you had them in seven, Shayna. Oh fuck,
1: <laughs> I screwed up. <laughs> seven.
2: Okay, <clears throat> I don't.
1: Are they gonna lose two straight? Mm. No, I, I changed my mind. There, it's six. <laughs> six is happening. We're committed no, to. No, I've written down you seven. You're at seven. All right. So, who, okay, so who's? Well, so you've
2: got Colorado winning. We're gonna game split four. a game
1: in half. Oh my god. All right. Um, no, I, I honestly think Colorado, like, they came to play in the third. And again, we said this about Tampa in game one like, wow, they really bounced back and then they got their asses kicked the next game. So maybe I'm wrong, but, you know, I'm going to say Colorado wins the next game. Okay.
2: Well, let's end this episode. Um,
0: Allison, right. what do you think? Yeah, what I'm going to go think? with Tampa
2: just because <laughs> I like the play. chaos of it all. I like, I like that. I like that. I'm here for it. All right. We're going to end this episode with Fuck, Mary Kill, as always. And as you can tell, what we're most interested in, and I'm afraid to, to hear Shayna go off on this one, so I'm going to have Sarah go first. <laughs> fuck, Mary Kill is the three goaltenders who have seen time in this series. So, Sarah, Fuck, Mary Kill, Vasileski, Kemper, Fransuz.
0: I'm marrying Fransuz. I love, like, a little goalie controversy. I love a little drama, and he's bringing the drama. I'm going to fuck Vasilevsky because I don't want to be betting against that guy in any situation ever. He hasn't had the best playoffs in his life, especially away games and Game 1s for whatever reason. But I don't care. Like I still would have full confidence in him over any other goalie in the league except maybe Shesterkin. But that's a pod for a different day. And I'll kill Kemper. I expected way more out of him. I mean, I do think... Maybe you play him Game Four, and he has a great bounce back, and that's when it—that's what we all remember. If he can bounce back at this point, we're all going to remember that instead of kind of his mediocre starts. But he hasn't done it yet, so we're going to kill him for now.
2: Shayna, just the three goaltenders. <laughs> Fuck Mary, kill.
1: <laughs> okay, I'm going to kill Kemper. I do like the idea that Colorado's showing how strong you can be in front of the net and still be a Stanley Cup contender, a Cup favorite. You know, like, we talk a lot about, like, goaltending wins championships. Like, everyone's like, you need an elite goalie to be... You do. You need a hot goalie. A hot goalie can get you very far. But they're showing, like, you don't need that. But the thing with Kemper is, like, that drop-off from his regular season, I don't want to, like, shit on him if it's injury-based, but it's it's tough, so I'm going to kill him. I'm going to fuck because I am impressed with how he's come up in moments that they've needed him and I think that deserves a lot of credit and I will marry Vasilevsky because they're at like Sarah said like there are shaky moments this this postseason but when it matters like game six and seven against uh Florida. Toronto thank God how could I forget thank God yes. that that entire series against Florida. The way he played against the Rangers at the end of the series, even though he had a tough start, he's, as much as Shostakhin's the best goalie in the world right now based on this season, if we look at the last couple of years, the answer is Vasilevsky. So absolutely, he's the, he's he comes to play when it matters the most. He's been his team's most important player in those, you know, elimination games. Absolutely who I'd want to marry.
2: I am also going to marry Vasilevsky because I just, again, just like Shayna said, I think he's, he's the standard. He is... A proven player and to come back and to prove the coaching decision correct from game two to stick with it and have him come back and then win this game um, it, it's just it's undeniable um, his importance to his team I am going to fr- fuck Francis, um because you know what it's fun to have the changes come up and I, I as much as we like make light of the changes and the chaos of it all like Good on him for coming in and performing not just last night, but throughout this entire playoffs. And, and it's nice to see him get rewarded with play in the final to say that the team trusts him. And this isn't just a like shake up the team thing, I don't think. Um, and therefore, I unfortunately will kill Kemper. Um, I hate to do it, but he's the only other option left. And I, I hope he can return to form because I've I've liked him as part of the recipe for this team being a contender all season. So I'd like to see him come back and be stronger. But unfortunately, those are the three options I have. So there we are all right friends anything i missed
0: i think you're good okay. i don't think one day i'm gonna find something that you've missed but it hasn't happened yet
2: we'll go, we'll get there i'm sure <laughs> i'm sure <laughs> all right my friends well as i mentioned we hope that we see you all tomorrow night for a live game watch with too many men details to follow so be sure to get those details that you are following us on twitter at two underscore much underscore man you can also find a link in our Twitter bio to our merch, um, which is also linked on our website, which is too many menpod.com. If you like our show and only if you like our show, please give us a good review on iTunes or whatever podcasting platform you use. And again, it is still June, it is still Pride Month, and as we do every day, we support all of our friends in every community, regardless of race, sexual identity or otherwise so until we talk again be good to each other and we'll see you at the live game watch
0: tomorrow love ya bye